0: of This Week in Rays Baseball. And then at about 3.30, Neil will have his pregame show. And at that time, then Andy and I will sit down with a skipper, Kevin Cash. and We'll also have a chat with Mark Topkin. That's all part of Sunday's festivities, as we do indeed creep a little closer to opening day 2016. Again, it's sold out, but if you're looking to come to any of the remaining games against the Toronto Blue Jays next week, tickets are still available by calling 888 fan we're going on the website at RaysBaseball.com. And then we've got a big weekend coming up uh, the, in a couple of weeks when the Rays will take on the Chicago White Sox and a lot of stuff surrounding Kevin Kiermaier. So, again, keep that in mind as you look to uh, start to get out to Tropicana Field and hopefully get the trot back to where it was a couple of years ago, more of a home field advantage for this Rays team to help get them back into the postseason, and speaking of uh, the postseason, just kind of going through uh, a few notes on Twitter here, all kinds of news as we start to get a little closer to opening day. But our buddy John Morosi of uh, the MLB Network and also Fox Sports says he's going to pick the Rays to be one of the American League wild card teams. So we'll see how that plays out. Also, uh, the Rays did set the rotation. If you're just uh, catching up to some of the Rays goings on, Chris Archer will start the opener on Sunday, and then he'll be followed by Drew Smiley, who again was very good yesterday against the Boston Red Sox. Jacob Rizzi, who got dinged up a little bit today by the Pirates, will be the number three starter, and then Matt Moore will uh, be the number four starter. Right now we're going to go with four guys for a while, so Erasmo Ramirez will work out of the bullpen, and hopefully he'll be smiling while doing that as the Rays uh, start to again get a little closer to uh, setting their roster for the 2016 opener. Now, again, some news off the field again today, or this uh, last couple of days, one with the Rays, obviously. The big news with them announcing that James Loney will not be on the opening day roster that they will either trade him or release him. They also released Rene Rivera, among others, yesterday. So that was a little bit of a surprising move. And we'll hear from Kevin Cash. Andy talked to him in just a little bit, a little bit later on in the show. But we'll hear from Kevin and get some of his thoughts as to the the whys and the what's as to uh, how they are starting to put together this roster. The Yankees also did name Masahiro Tanaka their opening day starter for the second straight year. Kind of uh, interesting news, too. A guy that always seemed to give the Rays fits. The Orioles released uh, pitcher Miguel Gonzalez today. A little bit of a surprise there. I know he has not had that great of a spring, but uh, the Orioles releasing him. And then the Red Sox staying within the division. The Red Sox have decided to go with Travis Shaw over Pablo Sandoval, at least uh, at the beginning of the year, at third base. So, uh, again, some of those things going on here around Major League Baseball as we creep a little bit closer to opening day 2016. Today was the final game for the Rays. At the Charlotte Sports Park, the Rays uh, got beat up a bit by the Pittsburgh Pirates today by a score of 13-8. to eight. Again, Jay Rizzi got uh, beat up early and often. The Pirates scoring five runs in each of the first two innings. And while the Rays made a, a valiant comeback, just could not get uh, all the way back and ultimately lose by a score of 13-8. to eight. And our buddies Neil Solons and Andy Freed were there to kind of put a pretty bow not only on the game, but the Rays' portion of spring training down in Port Charlotte.
1: Okay, Dave, down here in Charlotte Sports Park today, the Rays took one on the chin, so to speak, 13-8. to eight. Uh, Neil, you were able to call the game on RaysBaseball.com with Andy Sonnenstein today. Sounded great, as always. And uh, it was one of those games that was very forgettable for Jay Godorezzi. There's plenty of positives, but let's touch on maybe the headline. Jay Godorezzi did not have a very good last start of spring training.
2: No, he didn't. And, you know, it can be used two ways. Um, and I guess we'll find out in five days when he faces the Blue Jays for the first time. You know, from one standpoint, he's healthy. He came out of the start fine. He had bad stuff. Uh, for another, it probably can be some motivation. Okay, it can refocus you. Because, look, this time of spring training, everyone's mind is elsewhere. least a lot of minds are elsewhere. You, you know, you're focused on getting ready for the season. Your bag's packed. Your car's packed. You're ready to leave. And he just had what he called a bad outing where all his stuff was bad. And that's the nice
1: word for it. On the positive side today, Daniel Robertson had his best day of spring training, joking during the game. He looked like Brooks Robertson over at third, uh, more than Daniel Robertson. But defensively, offensively, he looked terrific.
2: Well, you know, for a guy who, well, he did play a lot of third base in high school. But for a guy who has been predominantly a shortstop in the minor leagues, he sure did look instinctual yeah. at third base. I love some of the things he did in terms of, you know, he had a 5-3 double play where he had a tagger runner coming toward him. Uh, he made a diving stop to his left. He showed a strong arm. He made a terrific catch against the shift on a pop-up in foul ground. And he hit a bullet up the middle at the plate. So... I mean, he's got to feel good about himself going into his minor league season at the Triple A level with Durham.
1: He looked very, very good today, a glimpse into the Rays' future. Meantime, a glimpse into the Rays' uh, present. Almost everybody we're going to see out of the bullpen pitch today.
2: Yeah, and that made the most sense because with a game on Thursday and the regular season starting Sunday, you give everybody two days off who's going to make the big league club on Friday and Saturday. And that that's what you want to do. You want to have guys well-rested because, you know what, the Toronto Blue Jays can hit – And you better have every arsenal available to you for the start of the regular season.
1: So 12 wins, 12 losses. I'm okay with that during spring training with two games to go. And, Neil, you've been here for every moment of spring training, even Cuba. All right, except for the one game after Cuba where we got stuck on an airplane for forever. But whatever. Uh, Overall, a healthy spring training except for Brad Boxberger. Put a wrap on spring training for us from a guy that's been there from moment one.
2: I think the things that stick out is first the health. I think that's the most important thing for the Rays going forward. If they're healthy, especially with their starting rotation, I think they're going to compete in the American League East and for a playoff spot in the American League this year. And then the other thing that I think stands out is the the left-handers. Matt Moore, Drew Smiley, Eni Romero all had great springs, and you hope that carries over because if those three guys do have really good seasons, I think it means a tremendous amount to this pitching staff and this team. Do
1: you have any thoughts on, uh, as we come down to the wire with regard to roster situations, there was a mini-controversy today prior to the game. Dana Evelyn saying he had an opt-out. Turns out he didn't have an opt-out uh, for Friday. So this roster is probably going to go down to the wire with regard to uh, finalization. Although, as you and I both know, and Dave, of course, also, uh, that roster is going to fluctuate all throughout the year. But there are still just a few decisions to be made.
2: There are. You know, if the race carry an extra position player, it would appear to be Mikey Matsuk. If they carry a seven-man bullpen, it would appear one pitcher of Danny Evelyn, Andrew Belotti, and Danny Farquhar make the team. If it's an eight-man bullpen, two of those guys out of three make the team, and uh, Farquhar and Bilotti have options. So the Rays have flexibility. The other thing to consider is the fact that the Rays have 40-man roster flexibility. With the release of Rene Rivera, they have one spot. They still can put Alex Cobb in the 60-day, and they haven't officially made a move with James Loney, so they really could have three spots. So if there's a guy who's out on waivers that they want – they have the ability to claim them. So these next 48 hours should be interesting.
1: And even though opening day is coming up Sunday, all you have to do is look back to 2007 to remember it was the last day of spring training. Greg Norton got hurt. Carlos Pena was headed home. He came back to the Rays, hit 46 home runs. So something weird could happen within this last, what, 48 to... 50-some hours.
2: It could, it could, and also a reminder that Xavier Sedano was acquired in April, and look how an important part of the bullpen he became over the course of the season. So just because you don't make the opening day roster, it doesn't mean you can't help the team over the course of the year.
1: All right, Neil, uh, always good talking to you. 13-8 to 8 Rays lose today. They're 12-12 and 12 in the spring, two games to go. We'll see you for realsies, as Dave likes to say on sunday
2: and very much looking forward to it
1: this week in Rays baseball with neil coming up three o'clock on sunday and lots more from neil and now let's go back to the studios and dave
0: all right gentlemen thank you very much and again you know you look at the Rays roster situation and they have not officially made any kind of a move yet with james loney as we said there's still some things to be taken care of matt silverman maybe uh looking to see if he can make any uh, some kind of a deal uh and still get something for james loney but uh some uh, roster manipulation still to be done, and it will be interesting to see. Mikey Matuk, I think, has shown that he belongs in the big leagues. He had a spectacular September, and he's had a very, very good spring so far as well, swinging the bat uh, really nicely and, again, hit a home run in yesterday's game against the uh, Boston Red Sox. But uh, as you look at the the Rays' situation here, still some nervousness as far as this guy is concerned uh, with a couple of things. One, I think obviously the key is going to be how this bullpen comes together. Steve Geltz has had kind of a so-so uh, spring so far. We've seen some good things from Alex Colomay, and we've seen some things like, again, today where he gave up a couple of runs and had some issues. Uh, Cedeno's been solid. Uh, Ryan Webb's been very, very good. I think Danny is a guy that could be an interesting guy to watch. And as they mentioned, too, with any Romero, And also, Dana Evelyn, if they want to add another lefty to the pen, uh, it'll be interesting to see how that does play out. But uh, that and, again, the whole defensive situation, uh, this team has been built around pitching and defense, pitching and defense, and that is how they went to the postseason for those four years in 08 and uh, 10 and also, uh, again, in 13 and 11. And so this team, you know, I, I get a little nervous when we start to hear, well, this guy's adequate or this guy's good enough. Uh, Adequate and good enough have never gone hand in hand with Ray's defense. And, uh, you know, last year when this team got off to a 40 and 30 start, they did it because of a couple of things. Their pitching was very, very good. Their defense was spectacular for the first 70 games of the season. And then their offense was opportunistic at best. And then when they started to falter a little bit, went through that bit of a rut, the pitching wasn't nearly as good. The defense was not as sharp as it had been. And then the offense took a step back. Now, again, everybody's expecting this offense to be better, be more aggressive, We'll see when the lights go on on Sunday how it all does play out. But, uh, again, there is some more firmness, as we like to say, within that Rays lineup, that's for sure. All right, well, again, as I said, I'm in studio alone today. Uh, Neil Solons and Andy Freed were down at Port Charlotte. Neil was doing the game. Andy was doing a lot of the heavy lifting, and he had a chance to talk with a couple of guys. We'll hear from Ray's manager, Kevin Cash, in just a little bit. And then later on in the show, Andy sat down with Evan Longoria as well. The Republic Bank Draft Room, exclusively for Ray's season ticket holders, blends hospitality and comfort while offering local craft beers and themed signature food items. Tropicana Field's newest destination area, exclusively for Ray's season ticket holders, is the Republic Bank Draft Room. Call 888 fan Rays for more Information We had a chance to check out some of the new delectable delights that will be at Tropicana Field a couple of days ago, including the new two-seam ale. And uh, that uh, beverage is a uh, uh, will, will quench your thirst, that's for sure. So check it out again when you get out to Tropicana Field beginning on Sunday. We'll take a break. We come back. Andy will sit down and, and get some thoughts from the skipper as he puts a bow on this 2016 spring training. That's coming up after this on your home for Rays Baseball. This is 620 WDAE and the Rays Baseball Network. Welcome back to our countdown to opening day show. I'm Dave Wills as Andy Freed and Neil Solons are down in Port Charlotte, finishing up their duties down there. And I'm in our studios here in Tampa, Florida, as the Rays are starting to wrap up this 2016 Grapefruit League schedule. Now, again, the Rays with a loss today fall to 12-12-1. They are on the brink of their third consecutive winning spring. They would need, again, a, well, they, they're not going to win all the remaining games because of the fact that they lost today. But again, the last time, though, the Rays finished under 500. And I, I agree with what Andy said. You hang around 500, you know, records in spring training, you can't get too caught up with them. You don't, maybe don't want to be the, the best because maybe you could uh, fool yourself into thinking you're better than you are. And you also don't want to be the worst because uh, you want to start to uh, get a feel for winning. But the Rays right now, right at 500, the last time they finished under 500, go back to 2013, they went 15, 17, and 2 but they did go to the postseason after that regular season. Hey, by the way, celebrate Kevin Kiermaier's Platinum Glove Award with a special ceremony and bobblehead on Saturday, April the 16th. Then on Sunday, April the 17th, kids will get a Kiermaier glove. Call 888-FAN-RAISE or visit RaysBaseball.com. For more information, that's the weekend series against the Chicago White Sox. Well, again, Kevin Cash is beginning his second season as manager of the Tampa Bay Rays, and again, a guy that I thought did a wonderful job considering everything that came down on the team last year with all the injuries to the starting staff, with uh, some of the injuries to the everyday players, to guys who didn't necessarily perform at their usual level. For Kevin to hold it all together in his first year as manager and uh, be able to squeeze 80 wins out of this team, I thought was absolutely marvelous. And, I, again, you start to watch him here so far this spring. He looks a heck of a lot more relaxed. He's uh, settled into the gig. He had a great uh, relaxed offseason working with the front office on tweaking the lineup, tweaking the roster a little bit. And I really do believe that Kevin uh, is in position to help guide this team to the postseason. But first things first, he wraps up the spring and starts to get us ready for the regular season by talking with Andy Freed. Okay,
1: Dave, back down here in Port Charlotte as we are visiting with the manager, Kevin Cash. And, Kevin, we spoke to you at the beginning of spring training. We actually spoke to you before spring training. Now we speak to you at the end of spring training. Today is the last day here in Port Charlotte. In a sense, in a few words, uh, an overview of spring training. The roster has evolved. Uh, One major player has gotten injured in Brad Boxberger. But outside of that, pretty much an uneventful spring training.
3: Uh, uneventful is one way to look at it, but uh, couldn't have gone better spring training, minus uh, Boxy's injury. The way the guys came in, they came in in shape. They came in uh, very intense uh, about what they were trying to accomplish this spring. We feel very confident what, that we got everything we wanted to get done, uh, and now it's take it into the season.
1: So now, with the one major injury as we're talking about with Brad Boxberger, that's, and you always say as a manager, you have to adjust on the fly. Well, you're adjusting on the fly, and we'll have to in the late innings as this season goes along. Do you have a better sense now than you did maybe two weeks ago or three weeks ago on how you want the late innings to evolve?
3: Uh, a little bit. I mean, I don't think we're, we're going to have anything scripted out where we have that seventh, eighth, and ninth inning guy. We're just we're, That's just not the way our roster, our pitching staff is built. Uh, The nice luxury that we have is the four-man rotation to start the year, and that allows us to put a really good pitcher in Erasmo Ramirez in that bullpen, and he will pitch right in the thick of things. He's not going to be a long man. He's going to, if we need him for for six outs or if we need him for three outs in the ninth, uh, we'll use him at any point.
1: You, being a former bullpen coach and being a former catcher, could probably appreciate uh, the attitude that a player like Erasmo Ramirez has, where there might be some guys where you go to and maybe they would balk at that sort of move. But did you present it to him in the fact that he's going to have to get a lot of important outlook? Most pitchers want to start. That seems to be that way. But he's, he's got that happy-go-lucky nature, uh, that, that tone that I think in this organization was set by guys like Ben Zolbris when they said, okay, we're going to move you around, and he willingly accepted it. It seems like Erasmo is willingly – accepting this role, especially, I would think, because it's a very, very important role.
3: Yeah, he is. And, he. I mean, let's not mistake, he wants to start, and we want him to start. He's a really good pitcher. I mean, he had a great year last year. But that just shows the type of uh, teammate Erasmo is. He's all into winning and whatever he can do to uh, help this ball club have success. He wants to compete. And the way he's going to compete right now is helping us win games at the back end of the pen. Do you appreciate that as a manager? Very much. I mean, you'd like to have 25 guys like that with that attitude. Uh, and Erasmo's shown that since the day he's got here. So uh, we're fortunate to be in that situation. We're fortunate to have a pitcher with that much versatility like him.
1: I can think back to a month ago when we had the initial press conference in you and Matt Silverman were talking about how the bullpen may uh, evolve a little bit this year and the fact that guys may cross over from inning to inning. As you were just saying, we don't have necessarily a slotted seventh, eighth, ninth inning guy as it is. How is the preparation for that going? Because it can't be something you just throw on a team come opening day. That's something that has been prepared. So how has that preparation gone leading up to Sunday?
3: Uh, really well. Hick, uh, Jim Hickey and Sam Borowski have done a Great job of kind of mapping it out. So we we got to the point where everybody threw more than an inning in spring training. Then they had a couple days off. Then they went back to back, and we're still in that back to back mode where that you know they're throwing 15 pitches today, and then you know the next day they'll come out and throw an inning just to where their arms are uh, built up for that. So uh, as far as Sunday, when Sunday rolls around, everybody will have had those opportunities to go multiple innings and also back to back outings.
1: But is that something that'll have to evolve to see how guys react to it? Some guys may react better to Uh, like Danny Farquhar himself was saying, he likes the fact that maybe he'd go two innings one day, but maybe wouldn't go the next day. Maybe someone else, and I'm not saying anyone specific because no one has said it, but maybe another guy may not react as well to that. So is that something that will have to be adjusted on the fly?
3: Definitely. There's no doubt that, I mean, we're going to learn, we're going to continue to learn some things about our, our bullpen and who's capable of doing it and who's better off just going one inning and and, uh, and, and being done right there. And, and that's okay. I mean, last year we had seven, seven one-inning guys. This year we're, we're trying to find a more balance mix
1: all right so the question is and you know it from from being a bullpen coach sometimes those last three outs though are a little bit different now the big s- segment of lineup may come up in the seventh but there is I think a mental I don't know if the word is adjustment a mental thought process that a guy has to go through when the crowd is up and roaring when you're facing the big boys with a one-run lead and a couple of guys on to get outs 25 26 27 how much of that is a mental preparation thing and how much is that just kind of an innate thing where some guys can do it some guys can't, and is that a feeling-out process for you in the early parts of the season?
3: Yeah, it's a little bit of a feeling-out process, but um, you know, we're just we're just going to have to kind of go without boxy, we're just going to have to go figure it out. And uh, I, we'll, we trust these guys in the back end and the guys that we've uh, signed this year to the newcomers. That uh, everybody so far seems very capable of being able to handle that. I agree. The ninth inning is a little bit different animal, uh, but, but I think we're all confident saying there's a lot of guys that will get some
1: opportunities. All right. There's other things to talk about for this team as we're visiting with the manager. Kevin Cash. You're on our last countdown to opening day show with opening day just, what, uh, three days away. You're starting rotation. It's got to be the envy of, of the league, I would think. It's so balanced with two righties, two lefties. Uh, tell us why you chose the order you chose and, uh, and why some, sometimes managers like to, to put the lefties back to back. Sometimes they want to stretch them out a little bit. What was the thought process and the order of, uh, of that? And people need to know, too, you know, you look at the front four, but you've really mapped out probably all of April and into May, I would think, for how it's all going to lay out and who the opponents will be.
3: Yeah, I mean, you, you try to consider all the factors you just talked about. The You know, other than naming Archer – the opening day starter, which we all would agree that he definitely deserved uh, the, for the way he pitched last year and the way he's carried himself, it was it was pretty easy with talking with Hick and Stan. Uh, this is how we scheduled out. We wanted to separate Drew and Matt. Uh, you know, our thought. You made a good point. Our thought though is let's separate him, stick Rizzy and, and we just keep continue to go right, left, right, left. So um, it helps us be versatile with different lineups. I mean, you're facing. Um, a team like the Blue Jays it's heavy right-handed but when you're facing a team like the Yankees is heavy left-handed it allows us to keep getting everybody to pitch in in different series
1: and you're looking at the schedule I mean it goes or it goes Blue Jays Orioles you come back there's Indians there's White Sox then Yankees and Red Sox how far advanced do you do you kind of map that stuff out?
3: You know, you try to you try to map it out uh, four or five weeks, but it, it seems like it never gets quite that far. Something always happens, uh, whether it be an injury or or whether it be a really short outing or or whatever. It just seems like you never you try to map it out. You do everything you can to be prepared, but you kind of you have to be able to adjust.
1: When you look at this rotation, Archer is the least of your worries. You know, he's the opening day guy. Odorizzi stands for the, the the injured oblique last year was really rock solid, twenty eight starts. But then you had Smiley. And Moore who spent a significant part of last year injured and coming back from injury, They' both finished strong. How much of this spring training? would you looking at an answer? Okay, are they healthy? Are they at the point where I can really lean on them to go five, six, seven innings per night?
3: Yeah, we we wanted to see that, and uh, to their credit, uh Drew Smiley and Matt Moore have been the highlight of our spring training. The way they've competed, the way they've come in, you know, they both had normal off-seasons. Drew really uh, went in this off-season and strengthened up his arm, came in, in a good spot. I mean, they both, have, I mean, watching them pitch, they're in a good spot, so... Uh, they're going to help us out a lot, and we all agree with, with our four-man, our five-man rotation, uh, we should we should be competitive in a lot of baseball games.
1: Some of the guys that have been sent back to the minor leagues are guys that will play a role uh, this year, no doubt. And one guy that stands out is Matt Andrees. I think if you look at maybe most improved pitcher from 52 weeks ago to right now, Andrees may, may be at the top of the list with regard to velocity, command, presence, I think, on the mound. Now, he's going back to Durham. Would you say he's – Maybe' your most improved player of the last calendar year and and i I would not hesitate to say we 'll see him at some point this year
3: yes, uh, Matt Andrees, and you can also put Mikey Matuk in that in that uh, category from the position side uh, yesterday, we sent down uh, Matt Andrees. It was a difficult conversation because he 's a big league pitcher, and uh, he handled it very well, but to your point, he is going to help us he's part of our club uh, and and he's too valuable t- that we t- for us that we have to continue to keep him as length, and be able to start, start for us. Uh, but he could pitch on a number of big league clubs. He knows that. We know that. We're lucky to have him.
1: Some of the roster moves, uh, I'm sure, were difficult, and they don't get easier over the course of time as a manager. We, we you know, Joe Madden was here. He said those de- uh, decisions, those conversations don't get easier even when you're several decades into this game. And I'm sure for you it's the same sort of thing. What were those conversations like, especially with a couple of real pros in Rene Rivera and James Loney?
3: Uh, they were difficult, but they handled it really well. Like you said, they're pros. Um, you know, Renee came in knowing that, that he had to compete and uh – you know, it, it, it basically came down to both those guys. We just felt there was a better fit. That's not a knock on them. Uh, both of them did some really good things for the organization. J-Lo for two or three years. Uh, and Renee. you know, he did some good things for us last year. I mean, he was back there for a, a, a ton of archers start. So they're difficult. It was a first-time experience for me. Um, uh, you know, you, I don't know if there's ever a, a great message, but you just try to be as respectful as possible. And to their credit, they, 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 were, they handled it very well.
1: How awkward has the James? Looney's situation been uh, during the off season. we you know simple math somebody's going to get left out if in a game of musical chairs somebody will be without a chair as it turns out it, it looks like it's going to be James uh, uh, has that been an awkward situation it seems like he's handled it well
3: yeah, it really hasn't. It hasn't been awkward, and and that's a huge credit to James, um, because he came in, like you said, everybody sees the the, the numbers, uh, and 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 you know somebody's not going to fit, but James just went about his business. He had a solid spring, uh, and you know nothing has been defined yet, but we, we wanted to show him enough respect in the conversation to to kind of get in front of it and let him know this is what our thoughts
1: are. It's a tough game. It's a tough business. I say it to people all the time. Uh, it's hard to get close to people because at some point. Everybody uh, ends up going in, in another direction at some point. But, but I do want to touch on the catching situation. Uh, Rene, for the problems he had offensively, was very solid defensively. Uh, Hank Conger is new to the organization. We know there's been some questions about the throwing. Uh, Kurt Casale was known as an offensive uh, force last year. I kind of drew headlines for that for the home runs. Does this speak to the fact that – and you being a catcher are tough on catchers, I'm sure – that you feel like their defense is absolutely in a situation where the Rays are going to be well served.
3: Yeah, I think both guys, I mean, if you poll our pitchers, they love throwing to both those guys. Uh, Hank Conger made an immediate impression early on in spring, just the, with the communication. After every bullpen, after every live BP, he went up to the pitcher and talked to the pitcher. That's 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 what we want our catchers to do. Get on the same page with those guys. Be able to follow a game plan that the pitchers and Hick and Stan provide, and Kurt and Hank have definitely shown that. Um, we, we, we feel stra- Strongly that we're going to be better offensively out of that position, get some more production there. But uh, their first and foremost goal is to handle our pitching staff.
1: Just a couple of moments left here with Kevin Cash, the manager of the Rays, as we truly count down to opening day on Sunday. And uh, let's look at the outfield situation. There's still a lot of bodies out there. And the enviable position for you, I would think, is that however you plug it in, you're going to have talent at every position. Uh, It's uh, a, a very, very talented outfield. But how, how are you figuring out who's going to play against what pitcher and how much will that take up your, your daily uh, thought process?
3: Well, we've talked to everybody. We try to get ahead of this. We we, we use our entire roster uh, and position players, whether it's 12, 13, 14 guys, we're going to use every one of them to win games on a nightly basis. The good thing is, the Rays have been doing that for a long time, so a lot of these newcomers realize they might not be starting, but they they could come in in the fifth or the seventh inning and impact the game and come up with the biggest hit of the night. So uh, we're fortunate we've got some very difficult decisions, but championship clubs have difficult decisions. We didn't have those last year offensively. Um, this year, we we do so. We're better for it.
1: Absolutely. And in the infield for the Rays, um, coming in, we were wondering will Brad Miller be the everyday shortstop? It looks like he will be. It looks like Tim Beckham will be there to spell him on certain days. How do you balance that out? Will Miller start against a lot of lefties also?
3: Well, we're going to. Miller's going to start. He's our he's our shortstop. Um, and you know Beck he he's another guy we've got to get in the lineup. He does a lot of special things for us. Um, and Beck has worked on his versatility this spring, playing a little bit of third. Obviously, we know he can play second and short. Um, so that'll be an ongoing balance, but, you know, to their credit, the defense, I know they had a, you know, a little glitch the first week of spring training. All of them have really cleaned it up here the last two, two weeks, 15 games. And, uh, you know, we're going into the opening day really strong defensively.
1: And first base, uh, is it pretty much going to be Logan versus, uh, righties and Pierce versus lefties? Is it a simple break? Although, no, I shouldn't say nothing's ever really a simple breakdown right. with a race, but is that in, in a sense a, a general way you're going to do it?
3: Uh, yeah, I think that's fair to say. I mean, Steve Pierce is going to be in the lineup quite a bit because uh, w- you know we value him um, and the way he hits at the trop, we, We'd be dumb not to get him in the lineup because for whatever reason he sees the ball really well there. So uh, we'll we'll continue to to try to balance that out uh, and factor in all of our matchups. But we want to keep guys fresh and we want to keep to kind of just keep everybody moving around and impacting us.
1: All right, Kevin. There's so much more to discuss on this team, but we only have so much time. What needs to be done before Sunday? We're just a couple of days away. Everything's lined up uh, rotation-wise. Still a few decisions to be made position player-wise. What needs to happen between today on Thursday and Sunday to get you ready for for 408? I think is first pitch.
3: We need to be healthy these next two days. Everybody enjoy their day off and get ready to go.
1: You, have you had enough spring training? I have. <laughs> you ready for opening day? I am. <laughs> Thank you, Kevin. We'll see you then. Thanks, Andy. Manager Kevin Katz.
0: And that is Skipper Kevin Cash talking with Andy Freed. And again, you know, I, I have enough trouble, folks, trying to read the lines, much less be, between the lines. But I think when you start to hear Kevin mention the word fit and talking about guys like Rene Rivera and James Loney, those guys want to play. And I'm not saying that they would have been sourpusses if they were sitting on the bench, but I think the, their their situation just doesn't fit right now. And that's one of the reasons why, the Rays opted to go the other way. And as Kevin said, this bench will be used a lot. I mean, you know, we know how many times uh, back when Joe Madden was the manager and how guys wouldn't have the same lineup two, three days in a row and we'd have many pinch hitters. It was the same way last year. Kevin Cash... As an American League manager, managed almost like it was a National League team with maybe more pinch hitters, I think, than anybody else in the American League. So you know you're going to get a chance to play. You're not going to get rusty and uh, get all dusty on the bench. You're going to play. You're going to play maybe every day. You're going to play every couple of days. You're going to get some pinch hit appearances, pinch running appearances, what have you. And again, like you said, it's a nice problem to have, problems that we have not had offensively with this team for the last few years. So it'll be, uh, again, interesting to see how this all does play out and how guys fit and uh, it won't be as simple as just lefty versus righties. You know, the Rays in their analytics department we kicking out a lot of numbers, and that will determine who will be playing as well. But it's going to be, uh, again, hopefully a much improved offense from uh, where it was at the beginning of last year, maybe more toward what we saw toward the end of last season. All right, well, another guy that we're going to be counting on to uh, provide some offense and maybe have a better year than he did a season ago, and that's Evan Longoria. He has some more protection within this lineup now with guys like Corey Dickerson, Steve Pierce and Logan Morrison and who knows maybe again a couple of other guys if Desmond Jennings can stay healthy Kevin Kiermeyer can show continued improvement so again it won't all be about Evan he's still a guy to get circled in purple by the other teams but hopefully again he'll have a little more protection around him in the lineup and he could start putting up some of those numbers he did back four and five years ago we'll take a break come back and Andy will sit down with the Rays third baseman and one of the elder statesmen on this team now, believe it or not, Evan Longoria. When we come back after this on your home for Rays Baseball, 620 WDAE and the Rays Baseball Network. Got to catch my breath after that disclaimer. But uh, nonetheless, as we get ready and we are counting down the final countdown to opening day show, we're into the final half hour. And again, thanks to Kevin Cash for taking the time. To talk with Andy earlier today at uh, Charlotte Sports Park. And uh, again, in a couple of moments, we'll be hearing from Evan Agori. Remember, the Rays are offering new weekday specials all season long. You can enjoy discounted hot dogs, kids' tickets, and many more weekday deals throughout the 2016 regular season. For more information, you want to visit RaysBaseball.com or call 888-FAN-RAISE, Up. And again, among those, Military Mondays. You've got the, the kids' $2 tickets on uh, Tuesdays with the paid a uh, full-paid adult. You've got $2 hot dog days, and you've got the uh, senior citizens for $15. You can get a great seat in the broadcast level, those 200-level uh, seats that are absolutely tremendous. And then you've also got the students who can get in, student rush, if you will, for about 15 bucks on Friday. show your high school ID or your college ID. So, again, no excuses not to get out to Tropicana Field this year. And, again, try to make it. A very, very uh, tough place for the opponents to play. Talked a little bit earlier, too, about some of the uh, new additions, uh, food and beverage-wise, including the uh, two-seam blonde ale that's going to be available. Our friends at the Green Bench Brewing Company in St. Pete have teamed up with the Rays for our very own uh, brew that'll be sold exclusively at Tropicana Field. It'll be available in about 30 locations throughout the ballpark. Also, Evan Longoria's Ducky's Restaurant will have a spot there. And then you've got the folks from People's Cafe, some Cuban favorites, the E-Board Dog, Burger Up, all kinds of stuff. One of the uh, good things that we had uh, at the ballpark the other day was the Buffalo Chicken Sliders. Uh, Check those uh, out when you go to the ballpark. As well. All right. Well, we, uh, again, are counting down to opening day just three days away. And uh, the guy who's uh, wearing number three, Evan Longoria, again, I'm sure happy to see some of the guys that are surrounding him now in the lineup that will hopefully allow him to get some better pitches and start putting up those numbers he did when he first came up in 08, 09, 10 and 11. And again, uh, you still know that the opponent and we hear it all the time circles his uh, name in purple in that lineup and says, don't let Evan beat him. And uh, again, they can pitch around him. But now the Rays are trying to fortify the guys around him, and hopefully he'll get some uh, better looks at some pitches. And today he had a chance to sit down, or we did have a chance. Andy Freed sat down with Evan Longoria.
1: Okay, Dave, thank you very much. Back down here in Port Charlotte, we are joined by Evan Longoria, who now every time you're introduced, you're introduced as the face of the franchise. And it, look, this is your ninth opening day uh, for the Rays. And by the way, that's gone like a, in the snap of a finger. I can't believe how fast that has gone but uh what do you think when people refer to you as the face of the Tampa Bay Rays?
4: I'm proud I'm proud uh I don't uh um I don't hesitate to give credit to the rest of the guys uh for sure I mean it's uh it's not a a franchise without a team there's no doubt about that um but uh the the Tampa Bay community has been so great to me Tampa Bay St. Pete community has been um you know my home for for the last nine years and uh, so I'm, I'm very happy to, to take on that title and uh, excited to get back to uh, another opening day. And here we are. So
1: spring training is wrapping up today, opening day just a couple of days away. How has spring training gone for you? It's been a very different feel. I think a faster spring training because the Cuba trip kind of plopped right into the middle of it.
4: But overall...
1: Uneventful spring training for you, for the most part.
4: Yeah, it's been. Uh, I think it's been a, a great spring training for us as a team. I think the um, the Cuba trip, although it, it shortened um, our time here in, in Port Charlotte, I think it, it really brought the group together in a way that um, that uh, only a, a trip to uh, a, a foreign country where uh, you don't have a cell phone all day could do. Uh, so we we spent a ton of time together. Got to. Uh, kind of know each other in, 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 a, in a better, uh, different way than, than it would have been had we been here. And, and so uh, in, in that respect, I think it's been a great spring training as far as uh, building uh, team camaraderie. I don't know if you've been much
1: around college basketball. I used to do college basketball, and it reminded me of that kind of trip. You know, you have a, kind of a team meal together, uh, as it was, uh, events that are done together. And you were talking about earlier, too, that there's – and I hadn't thought of this until you said it. There are a bunch of guys on this team that are of similar age – and similar stages of their career. Uh, I I think that is something that we may look back on and say that was a unique experience that no other team got a chance to do, especially because there are some new faces here.
4: It it is. It was definitely um, obviously unique in a lot of different ways, but um, like you said, that being one of them where you're kind of secluded and and on your own and and having to uh, eat together and, and, uh, you know, go to events together and stuff. So, I thought it was great, um, and, and like you said as well, I mean, I think this group is it has a chance to do something very special because of the fact that uh, we are of, of similar age range and, and experience, and I think you look at kind of the dynastic teams of uh, recent memory. I mean, the Yankees obviously right. brought all those guys up together, and, and they, they played together for – for quite a few years, and I think when you're able to put guys in, in a situation like that where they're really comfortable around a, uh, the group, um, you see some, some pretty special things happen. How much
1: has getting to know Brad Miller been an important part of spring training for you? You've worked with a bunch of different shortstops, from Bartlett to Struble to uh, on and on, and Ben Zobrist there, even Logan's been there a little bit. Uh, h- how well do you have to get to know your shortstop, and have you, because you guys really play hand-in-hand hand all year?
4: yeah it's um we've gotten to you know know each other and and play uh next to each other a few times this spring but I think the real uh growth happens the exponential growth happens early in the season um when you're playing uh day after day and and um you you really can't simulate every situation in spring training um but uh, they come they usually come pretty quickly during the season so uh, but, but I've been excited by uh, the progress. I know that um, he had a, uh, some trouble early on, but he's put in a ton of work with, with Foley. He was out there today again early, um, and, um, and it's paid off. I mean, I, he's played a, a really great shortstop the last uh, week and a half, and um, that's a, a great sign going into the season. So,
1: What do shortstops and third basemen need to get? hammered out and how much of it is as you say experienced during the early parts of the year how much of it is verbal how much of it is getting a feel you got pop-ups going out to left field you have balls where you're going to your left and he's coming into his right Uh,
4: what needs to get hammered out because you've been through this with new guys before it's really um, non-verbal communication um, most of it just understanding um, a guy's range you know what balls he can get to and what balls he can't um and then there is that that uh, also the verbal component of uh when you're going in for slow rollers that are uh, kind of right behind the mound in between the two of you uh you know understanding who's going to call the ball and and um and those sorts of things and and along with kind of trying to relay pitches uh to give uh, ourselves the best chance to be in position uh, for a, a ball that's hit to the left side so uh, but like I said, all those things, they happen pretty quickly. Um, and uh, it's, it's usually, I mean, we've been playing baseball for a long time. So, um, it, uh, you know, it's, it's like um, speaking English, I guess. You know, you just learn it.
1: Absolutely. And speaking of happening quickly, that's what third base is all about. The ball gets to you faster than anybody on the field, except for maybe a comebacker to the pitcher. maybe might be the only exception. How do you prepare yourself for reaction time during spring training? You get a couple innings every day. You're doing work that people don't see on other fields. But it's so much about reaction that what do you get accomplished in this six to eight weeks?
4: Um, I think, you know, it's just the same kind of thing. It's like the only way to prepare is to play in the game um, or to understand, you know, that you've played enough games to to understand how fast it happens. Um, Even in ground balls and stuff, you can't really simulate the game speed. Um, but we, we try to, I mean, in spring training, I think that's kind of what it's all about is, is trying to ramp yourself up from the beginning, uh, to the end, uh, gradually to the point where you're, you're ready and you're at game speed, uh, come, come opening day.
1: And just, and we're visiting with Evan Longoria as we count down to opening day on Sunday, you look to be in tremendous physical shape as you always are. Uh, what did you do during the offseason? I know you had a lot of off-the-field stuff for the offseason, a, a marriage, a honeymoon. You're a dad of two, of course, and we see the kids growing before our eyes faster than it's hard to put into words. But
4: uh, what do you do, yourself, do to yourself to get ready physically for the season? This off season, I, I actually just took a step back for a little bit, and um, but like you said, I had I had a ton going on off the field, which was was great. You know, everything was great, and so I think that um, it put me in a good mindset. I mean, we once we um, were married and and went on the honeymoon, and it was like a um, you know I could finally take a, a deep breath. There was for for two years there we had a lot of planning and uh, a lot to think about. So it, you know, after that point, I was able to kind of. Um, move move forward from that and, and really start to work out. I tried to put on some weight. I did a little bit more um, uh, weightlifting-based exercises to try and keep that weight on versus, um, you know, more like the cardio or um, plyometric-style training that I had done in the past. So um, I think that's why I'm, I feel a little bit stronger this season, and that's kind of the goal throughout the season is to try and keep that strength up.
1: And you've only missed five games in the last three years now. You know, there was this segment where you had a hamstring thing going on in 2012 – since then you have been on the field virtually every day for the rays you know we talked to pitchers about like chris archer says he's most proud of the fact 34 starts out there every day how much does playing between 160 162
4: games make you proud uh it's it's um it's been one of my goals from uh at the beginning of the season for the last um you know ever since that started i mean it's really when i started thinking about it because you realize um well one when you're not on the field you can't help the team and two when you're not on the field, how much you miss being on the field, um, and so uh, every off season after I had the hamstring stuff, I went into the off season with the mindset that I was going to get myself healthy to play 162 games, um, and you know I accomplished it once in a couple, uh, you know, a couple of 160, 161 game seasons. So that's uh, that's a win in my book, and and just being out there every day, uh, like I said, is just um, you, you give yourself, you give your team the, the, the chance to win by, by being out there. You talk about mindset, and so much of your game from the moment we saw you back, I think
1: the first time I really saw you play was spring training in 2007, uh, and then in 2008 during the regular season, is about mental preparation. Uh, you read books during the off season about this. You dedicate yourself towards mental preparation. What sort of stuff did you do this off season with regard to that? I know you really get into some of the reading and deep. You're a much more deep thinking guy, I think, than people may realize. To see you just number three at third base every day, what sort of thought process are you
4: right now thinking about some of the stuff, even you read during the off season? Um, uh, The the biggest thing for me this spring training has been um, on a daily basis remembering that uh, remembering to stay present, Um, not not uh, judging myself based on, uh, the player that I was or wasn't last year or the player that I was in, in 2009 that I'm not now, you know, for me, it's been more about, um, kind of setting intentions, um, for the season, um, having goals that, that I'd like to achieve, um, both personally and, and from a team standpoint. And, um, and then reminding myself daily that um, that I 'm good enough, you know that I 'm worth it, that I 've done it before, and, and those things I think uh, the longer you play, you, you start to um, have this idea of yourself that that is probably not true anymore. you know you grow older, your game changes, things change, and, and you start to judge yourself based on on who you think you should be instead of who you currently are and, and, who, and, and you're worth at this point. And so that's, that's kind of been my focus is just uh, uh, stay, stay intent on doing uh, the things that I've uh, set out to do and um, not worrying about anything else.
1: This game wears when you mentally more than people realize. Yeah. You know, you, you, they turn on the TV, they come to the ballpark, hopefully they put us on the radio and they hear us talking about the players. But to be around you every day, it is your life. I mean, it's a complete lifestyle. Uh, and you can doubt yourself. People may think, "How does Evan Longoria ever doubt himself? How does this superstar, or that superstar?" But it does. On a day by day basis, you're going through a slump,
4: and you wonder, "When am I ever going to come out of this thing?" Yeah, you know, it's not even so much the slumps. Uh, you know, obviously those are a big part of of you know what can affect a guy's mindset, but like you said our baseball is so much of our life but people forget that we have stuff going on off the field too and so a lot of that i think when you see guys um, struggling a little bit or or uh, you know in a different place than maybe they were a couple of days before there's something there could be something going on off the field too that that weighs on you. And, and, and a lot of times the off the field stuff is more important, you know, because, uh, we, we have a job and, and of course we want to go out and put on a show for the fans and win, but, uh, you know, family comes first and, and a lot of those things, uh, um, they, they do wear on you and, and you have to be able to juggle those things. And, and I think the mental preparation stuff is so important on, on, you know, really understanding, uh, who you are and, and what you're worth and what's important
1: whole being present thing as you're talking about we're visiting with Evelyn longoria for just a couple of more moments here on countdown to opening day you did mention goals team wise individually wise we gotta ask you what are they
4: yeah no, I, I i mean i've written them down uh, it's it's something that i haven't done uh in quite a while um but just in talking to um a, a guy by the name of howard falco that came in and talked to us um uh, a sports site he's not even really a sports site guy he's more of like a life coach so to speak um, I, so I wrote them down I have goals but uh, I'm not comfortable just you know saying what those numbers are but as far as the team goes the goal is to make the playoffs there's no doubt um, about that um, and, and ultimately um, to, to play for, for the prize you know to play for the championship um, I, I feel like everybody in the clubhouse right now is, uh, is as clear as, as it could be uh, on, on that that one particular goal and just uh, you know making a push for October and, and then deep into October
1: you know, this is not to knock any of the lineups the Rays have had in the past, but I do get the sense that other pitchers for other teams will look at this lineup a little differently than they have in the past. There's more fear, I think, for the other pitchers. There's more power. Uh, there's more of a sense of if they make a mistake, the ball's going out of the ballpark and the Rays are going to score more runs. You're the centerpiece of the lineup. How do you react to, to the guys around you now?
4: Yeah, I mean, I really I, I feel like um... – we have a a large center you know what I mean like that's I think that's important uh to note is that you know sometimes you talk about a a centerpiece and it's a it's a singular thing but I feel like we have uh the middle of the lineup is is pretty pretty good this year we're we're gonna we're gonna do some great things and um and not only that you know to go back to kind of the, the point we made earlier we're we're more experienced uh top to bottom than we have been you know there was a couple years. Uh, where we were relying on some guys that uh, really weren't proven major league players to do some things that uh, were extraordinary. You know, they were, they were uh, tough asks for players that hadn't proven that before. So I think, from an experience standpoint and just like almost like a name recognition standpoint when pitchers look at a lineup you got more guys that you recognize it's it's mentally a little bit more different uh, it's a little bit tougher to, to kind of navigate that mentally so i think that's going to be the challenge uh, on the opposing pitchers this year and and kind of the uh the advantage that that we're going to have going into the season final thought i want to touch on
1: defense a little more i, I look at this american league east as maybe a golden age of defense for third baseman you look at you and you look at Headley in New York and you look at Machado in Baltimore and Donaldson. You know, third base, people are always surprised to hear this. It's the least represented position in the Hall of Fame. And I think because it's such a tough position uh, that as you age, reactions may get a little slow. But you guys are all in your prime at the same time. Do you appreciate what they do? And who do you like watching at third base from a guy that can really, you have it in a position where not many other do others do?
4: Yeah, it's, it is. I think you're exactly right. I mean, it's it's. Crazy, the influx of talent um, at, at the position. I mean, not only in the AL East, but, I mean, you look at Adrian Beltre, the, the guy yeah, who's been doing absolutely. it for, for 20 years now and, and still playing at the top of his game. I mean, Kyle Seeger is another guy that comes to mind um, just in the American League alone. Yeah. Um, so uh, on a daily basis, if I, I I think I would probably enjoy watching Adrian Beltre play the most um, just because he's been doing it for so long and he's been so good. Um, but like you said, we're lucky enough to watch Manny Machado, Josh Donaldson, um, on daily basis. And, and it's, it's pretty cool to see. Um, and it it challenges me, it pushes me, which, which I really, uh, not to mention Todd Frazier's now in the American league too. So, uh, uh, you know, those guys, uh, push me, um, on a daily basis to, to be the best that I can be. And, and I think that's one of the, the, the best things about playing in the AL East is is playing against some of the best competition uh, in in the big leagues.
1: Evan, we could talk to you all day. We appreciate a couple of moments here. Have you had enough spring training? You are ready for this to count already? Yeah, I'm, I'm ready. I think we're all ready. Evan, thank you. Okay, thanks. Evan Longoria, let's go back now to the studios and Dave. All
0: right, guys, thank you very much, and I think we're all ready for the regular season to get started. And, uh, again, it is going to be interesting to watch how Evan Longoria uh, is, is going to perform this year, given the fact that he does have – A little more, uh, again, protection. I I still think, and I'm going to say this again, first of all, he's still one of the better defensive third basemen going in the game. And I think Evan can have a trickle-up effect on the lineup with the guys in front of him be swinging the bat well. And we all know then he can have a trickle-down effect if he's swinging the bat well because then the guys behind him don't put extra pressure on themselves. So uh, I'm really, really excited to see what kind of offensive season Evan Longoria has. Last year, again, 21 homers, 73 runs batted in. Hit 270, which was up from where he was in 2014. But again, the uh, power numbers have gone down each of the last couple of years. But let's see if that goes back up. Says he's a little bigger, a little stronger, and again has some uh, company in that lineup for a change as well. We'll take a break, come back, and start to wrap it up and get you ready for the regular season opener after this on your home for Rays Baseball, 620 WDAE in the Rays Baseball Network. It'll get any easier, but nonetheless, we are getting ready for opening day. It's this Sunday, the Rays and the Toronto Blue Jays at Tropicana Field. And again, not only that's just one of many, many big games throughout the regular season, and with the Rays' new Big 22 plan, you can get tickets to the biggest games, matchups, and giveaways with tickets starting at just $25 per game. Purchase now to get a Chris Archer emoji T-shirt. Call 888-FAN-RAISE or visit RaysBaseball.com today. Raise up. All right, well, as we, uh, again, it's hard to believe that just what, it seems like it was just a few weeks ago that we were starting this show back over there in the uh, in the uh, studio when we had Kevin Cash and uh, Chris Archer here the Thursday after the Super Bowl. And now here we are just a couple of days before the opener. And uh, again, it's going to be interesting. Uh, the Rays and the Toronto Blue Jays, the defending American League's champs, hook up right out of the gates for four games at Tropicana Field. And uh, it's going to be also nice to see Rob Manfred back at uh, Tropicana Field. The uh, commissioner of baseball will be there. Hopefully we'll get him to stop by the booth and have a chat with him. It was really a pleasure talking with him when the Rays were in Cuba a couple of weeks ago. But now, again, it'll be nice to see him out at Tropicana Field as the Rays and the Blue Jays open up the season in just about three days. Again, just a reminder, we'll have... Things getting started at 3 o'clock with an abbreviated version of This Week in Rays Baseball. Neil Solons will have that for you. And, again, Neil did a wonderful job working with both uh, Doug Wechter and Andy Sonnenstein doing the games on RaysBaseball.com this spring once again. And then Neil will uh, put together a quality show. You know that for a fact on This Week in Rays Baseball. And then at about 3.30, Neil will have the pregame show. And then at about 4.08, that is when the p- first pitch is scheduled to be thrown, Between the Rays and the Toronto Blue Jays. It'll be Chris Archer going up against Marcus Stroman in that one. So, uh, again, right out of the gates, the Rays will get a taste of the American League East and the uh, big bad Blue Jays who are putting up some big runs uh, in numbers in spring training still. And uh, hopefully uh, the Rays pitching staff can quiet them down a little bit at Tropicana Field beginning on Sunday. Sunday uh, afternoon, a 4 8 start. Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday afternoon. So if you're making your plans to come on out and see the Rays this coming week at Tropicana Field That's the bit of the rundown for you as the Rays will face the Blue Jays right out of the gates in 2016. Well, again, that's going to do it for us here as far as the uh, Countdown to Opening Day show is concerned for 2016. We'll be playing for realsies on Sunday. The Rays play a couple of games tomorrow. There'll be split squad games. One's going to be in Disney against the Braves. The other will be in Lakeland against the Detroit Tigers. So if you want to get a catch of the Rays before then, tomorrow's your last chance. Again, a split squad game, one game being played in Lakeland, the other in Disney. The Countdown to Opening Day show is a presentation of the Rays Radio Network. The executive producer of the Rays Radio Network is Larry McCabe. Our show produced by the one and only Chris Miller and also Jordan Cavialis, our studio engineer Brian Allward, and also thanks to our production assistants Lauda Ospina and Jesse Feldman for taking good care of us as well. Thanks to our guests too, Kevin Cash and Evan Longoria who joined Andy down in uh, Port Charlotte. Now for my broadcast partner Andy Freed and for Neil Solons, I'm Dave Wills this is it. We're done. This has been the 2016 countdown to opening day show on your home for Rays baseball. Again, a reminder Sunday, it all gets started three o'clock with this week in Rays baseball, three thirty with the pregame show, and then four Oh eight with the first pitch. Hope you join us then again for Neil and for Andy. I'm Dave Wills. This has been a production of the Rays radio network.
2: Thank you for listening to Countdown to Opening Day.
1: Longoria swings and launches one way up into the air in a deep left field. All the way back and gone. Home run. A two-run shot for Evan Longoria.
2: If you missed any of the show, download it at RaysBaseball.com slash podcast.
0: What a blast.
2: Join us for Opening Day on April 3rd as the Rays host the Blue Jays.
0: Leo One. Swing and a tapper toward third. Evan charging. Bare hands. Throws. Rays win. Chris Archer goes the distance and the Rays beat the Astros by a score of one to nothing.
2: For tickets, visit RaysBaseball.com.